In today's show, we're going to review your sustainable board options. Now, I know board is seen as sustainable already because it comes from trees, but there's ways to make it even more sustainable. Plus, there's other types of boards besides trees. There's hemp, there's bamboo, there's quite a few. We're going to review them today and give you a great outline. Stay tuned for a wonderful, possibly epic show. Welcome back to the Sustainable Packaging Show. My name is Michael Markarian, and my family business is a packaging company that serves top brands all over the world. There's no debate that some packaging is harming nature and polluting our cities, and something needs to change. My goal is to show you that sustainable options exist and how you can implement them right now. This is the Sustainable Packaging Show. It's time to talk sustainable boards. Board being one of the most sustainable materials, right? Highly renewable. Most, if not all, board sources are highly renewable. But we're going to dig in to all the different types of boards that there are because there are a lot. And I want to try to simplify this. That's my goal, to simplify this so that you have the tools, the information you need to take action. I'm not going to try to sound smart, throwing out all kinds of terms to the point where your head is about to explode because there are a lot of different types of boards, okay? So that's the goal. And the reason that goal is so important is because packaging companies sell what packaging companies sell. And most packaging companies will push the products that they sell. You can't blame them. That's how they make a living. Contemple Specialty Packaging is a little bit different because we sell so many different materials We're not committed just to one material, right? Try to tell a plastics company to tell you the downside of selling plastics. They're not going to do it. So additionally, we just have this mission, which is, I think, different from most companies. We want to make sustainable packaging the norm, and we're here to bring you that education. So here's the different kinds of paper and board packaging. Here's how we're going to separate it out. We're going to talk about tree paper, which is what most paper is made from. Then we're going to talk about specialty papers, your hemp papers, your bamboo papers, paper from eucalyptus, all sorts of trees. Then we're going to also talk about molded, molded pulp as well, whether that's out of mushrooms. And we're not going to be legalistic. Oh, it's not paper. It's made from mushrooms. You know, you know, stop listening to the show if you're that kind of person. Okay. I I don't mean to be crude, but we really certainly don't have time for your mindset if if you're thinking that way. So I want to lay out the options. And I think you could actually technically say that would be considered paper. And then also, I want to talk about tetra packs, right? Those boxed waters, which they're technically boxed, but I want to explain that they're made with multiple layers, um, yet still deemed recyclable, which was super interesting to me at the time. All right. So get ready. We got a lot to cover. And here we go. So we're going to start with the tree-based boards. And within tree-based, you have three main overarching channels. And then we'll dive in a little bit more granular. The first one you've heard before, it's boards that are recyclable, meaning you take that board and you can recycle it. So a box is usually recyclable unless you really put a ton of foil on it or do things that would prevent it from being recyclable. Typical box board is recyclable. The next thing you can do is add recycled content, right? I hope this is sounding familiar and you're learning the basics of how to think about sustainable packaging, which is the goal that I want to deliver upon, where you have this knowledge and you can kind of understand it. So made with recycled content, 25%, 50%, 100% recycled content. 
post-consumer, meaning it went through the blue bin system and now is going through the recycling system and then gets turned into another box. That's the very idea of recycling. The third part, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know about FSC, which is the responsible management of, of forests to produce all products, but in this case, paperboard packaging. So we're not chopping down the Amazon rainforest in order to make boxes. We're doing it in a responsible way. That is what the FSC certification can offer. And there's a combination, right? A lot of, There's FSC board that has recycled content, and those are some of the basics. Now, if we go one step deeper, I want to talk about craft board and the benefit of craft. And there's many types of craft board. We're not going to get into that or many types of, I'd say, unbleached board. So craft board being that brown board that has the benefit and it's sort of porous in nature. It has the benefit of not being bleached. And I think there's a real argument to be made that that's more environmentally sustainable. However, sometimes you lose that that ability to pop and get a really vibrant color. Um, so that's why a lot of brands don't necessarily work well on craft board. However, you can go with, um, uh, a clay coated craft board or a clay coated news back or news board, which is like think about cereal boxes would be an example of clay coated news board where it's sort of a, has that gray color. And then there's also boxes you'll see where it's craft, uh, craft colored as well. So that brown color on the inside, but then the outside has that polished printing service. So rather than, let's just say, bleaching or coating both sides, you're just coating one side. So there's an argument if you really want to go sustainable, uh, that's slightly better. And I think also from the consumer perspective, that board on the inside that, that it has that craft look, there's something nice and appealing about that. Most brands don't choose that. You'll see it on some supplement boxes, certainly cereal boxes, but a lot of uh, boxes for cosmetics or different products that you'll see in the marketplace are are uh, coated on both sides. They're going to be white on the inside and out. And just very quickly, there's coated one-sided board when you're printing on one side or coated two sides, C2S, when you're printing on both sides. But again, these are the details that I don't really want to drag you down with. What I want you to understand is in addition to recyclable, recycled content and FSC, there's craft boards, but craft boards sometimes have the downside of, even though they have the positive environmental benefit of not uh, being bleached because paper needs to be turned white. It's not naturally white. Sometimes the print surface isn't great to print on. It's very porous. So unless you're going with that very natural organic look, it may not apply. But then there's these other boards which, that just coat one side, and then there's craft on the inside that is not present until you open the product. Next category I'd like to review with all of you guys is going to be the molded pulp. Think about molded pulp in its most natural form as like an egg carton or that, uh, that insert within an iPhone box that really holds the pieces into place. So within molded, we have two main categories. This is the... Michael Markarian Contempo version of this, but I think it's the easiest way to look at it. You have mono material and you have multi material, two different options. So let's talk about mono material first. Again, mono material, one of the gold standards of sustainability. I hope you guys are grasping again, these common themes, one of the gold standards. Why? Because it makes it easier to recycle, right? We talked about in previous episodes, 
a child-resistant tin in the cannabis industry that mixes tin and plastic is a no-no from a recycling perspective. You want to be monomaterial. So monomaterial, pulp-molded, can be out of tree paper, can be made out of mushrooms, right? There's many options within the molded category. Molded pulp is great for inserts. Uh, it can also be used for you know takeout containers. This is all paper-based packaging. And then multi-material, I just want to cite, you see some laundry detergents today, right? That are in these beautiful pulp-molded containers. But on the inside, there's this little plastic bag or plastic lining on the inside. So some of you will say, that's greenwashing. This is the most horrible thing ever, right? You're going to be really upset by that kind of thing. And to me, I would say we got to tone it down a little bit, right? I got to tone it down a little bit as I'm speaking quite loudly on this podcast episode. So we got to look at the pros and the cons. We got to, as we say, measure the impact that's being made. Think about it. Pause for a moment. I know it's easier to have these knee-jerk reactions. It's sustainable. It's greenwashing, but pause. Think about it. at the beginning of life, what's the impact being made by this packaging? At the end of life, what's the impact being made by this packaging? So let me walk you through that just off the cuff, how I would think about that. At the beginning of life, that type of package, I think there's a real positive impact because it's using less fossil fuels, right? It's probably a 90%, if I were to guess, reduction of plastic, and you're making most of that container out of paperboard, which is a highly renewable resource, versus plastic, petroleum plastic. So there's a benefit at the beginning of life. But now we look at the end of life and it's not quite as good, right? Because the average consumer is probably going to throw that right in the blue bin and now it's not monomaterial. So it's contaminating. I believe though, those packages give instructions to the consumer saying, here's how to separate them and to recycle the paperboard part and to dispose in the trash of the plastic part. So in the beginning of life, we're talking less fossil fuels and it's paperboard. At the end of life, it's not quite as clear cut. But then you could say, well, the end of life, what's the alternative? The alternative would be using a plastic bottle and that is recyclable. But what if it doesn't get recycled and it ends up in the ocean? You know, if, if neither are going to get recycled, I'd probably rather have the paperboard one with the recyclable bag. But if that got recycled, then I would rather have the plastic bottle if the plastic bottle got recycled. So, again, these things are complicated, right? We Don't be so black and white. Or you can be black and white with what you believe, but think about it first. Because sometimes things, it's almost a roller coaster. You see the paper bottle, you go, oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing ever. Finally, someone cares. And then you hear there's a bag on the inside and you go, oh my gosh, I want to... I want to boycott this brand with every you know fiber of my being. And I just say, hold on a second. Let's think about this. We're all learning. Let's not shoot that down. There's a reason to believe, a case to be made. That is progress. And as I say, progress, not perfection. Okay, so that's the molded, uh, the molded concepts. Let's now move to specialty papers. When I say specialty papers, I'm talking about those outside-the-box materials. I'm talking about hemp paper. I'm talking about bamboo paper. I'm talking about things like seed paper, like eucalyptus paper, these crazy materials that have hit the market. And when we're thinking about this, we're thinking about replacing paper, replacing trees, excuse me, replacing trees. That's the benefit, the main benefit. So we say, why do we need to replace trees, right? Contempo Specialty Packaging, one of the first innovators worldwide in 100% hemp fiber packaging, a future where zero trees would be used in the production 
of paperboard packaging. I think a true revolution on a lot of levels, but a lot of people said, why do we care about replacing trees, right? And that's a reasonable argument. Or why do we care about, you know, it's not like we're removing plastic. Trees are sustainable. They're renewable as they are. And using practices or companies like FSC to certify it, we're not mowing down rainforests. So why do we care about specialty papers like hemp? And I think that's a reasonable argument. I think that, you know, plastic is sort of the enemy. So any way that we can replace plastic, if you didn't listen to the episode already where we talk about sustainable alternatives to plastic or improvements to plastic, please listen to that one. I think that's one of the best episodes we've ever done. But plastic's the enemy. So we're not replacing plastic. We're using trees. You know, at the end of life, board packaging is rather harmless. It's not like it's creating microplastics that are entering into our food stream. Board is not the enemy. Why do I care about getting out of tree tree packaging, especially if tree-based packaging, especially if there's services like FSC to certify. And to that, I would say it's actually a very reasonable argument, but I think these papers have merit because even if FSC uh, is certifying that forests are being responsibly managed, trees still take 20, 30 years to come to maturity. And as the population grows and as demand grows for more consumer products, and we're shipping more things via e-commerce. We're not even going to get into corrugated packaging, but there's a huge demand for paperboard packaging and tree-based packaging. That means that more land is going to be used to grow these trees, to cut down trees. I'm sure some trees are going to be cut down that could otherwise be used or supplemented by these other sustainable materials that are often more regenerative, right? Hemp, super fast growing. Bamboo, super fast growing. Those are my two favorite specialty papers again there's many others if you're looking for sustainable packaging in the cannabis industry email wow at contempopackaging.com so that's that that sort of general uh my general opinion on specialty papers now if we dive into specialty papers i want to point out one thing again similar to the plastic episode where i talked about bioresins and often sometimes we're blending uh, it's a blend, right, of two things together. Sometimes a hemp paper is 100% hemp. That's what I came to market with um, as, in my opinion, the most sustainable package in the world was 100% hemp packaging. And we've done episodes on that if you want to learn more about why 100% hemp packaging is so special. You can reach out to us at wowatcontempopackaging.com to get samples and to learn more, or you can listen to previous episodes. But we went with 100%. There's also 50% hemp board, right? If you can't afford 100%, you can go down to 50% or even 25%. But then there's also hemp papers that I think are in the greenwashing misleading uh, realm where it's 99.9 tree-based paper and they sprinkle a little bit of hemp fairy dust in there and go, whoa, here we go. We got some hemp paper for you. So that, in my opinion, is greenwashing. And the key to know if something's greenwashing are you trying to mislead? You know in your heart, you have a conscience, you know, am I trying to mislead somebody? If you call that hemp paper, you're trying to mislead someone, right? It's, it's You're just trying to do it for the marketing benefit. And I would say I'm the number one voice that says sustainability in packaging should be good for business. So I'm all about it being good for business, but I believe the way that you're going to make it good for business is actually doing the right thing because consumers are smart and they're getting educated on these topics. When you do the right thing, they see it, they appreciate it. 
when you greenwash, they eventually find out it backfires in your face and you live in regret. Which of these two futures would you like for yourself? Okay. So those are those uh, categories of specialty papers. So we covered tree papers. We covered molded. We covered specialty. Now I want to talk quickly about Tetra packs or these types of boxed water type products. So if you talk about a genius in the packaging world, that's the founder and the team behind Tetra Pak. So everything that I'm saying here is purely a sustainability review. And frankly, I believe they've come up with something quite incredible. And there's some, there's some similarities between the discussion that I had about the molded fiber detergent where everyone can shoot arrows at this innovator. And I'm not here to say they're the greatest thing in the world or that I have any interest in, you know, making friends with them. I'm just sort of stating my honest review. So Tetra Packs, they're these boxed waters, right? Coconut water comes in them. They're, they're a beverage uh, container that is board-based, right? Paperboard on the outside. So people go, great. It's the end of single-use plastics. This is the best thing in the world. And then they start to learn a little bit more. They learn that this thing is not purely bored because if it was purely bored, it would never be capable of transporting and holding water and different beverages, right? Take a cardboard box, soak it in water overnight and see what happens, right? So there's many layers to a Tetra Pak. There's a plastic layer. There is a aluminum layer, right? And there's a little plastic cap on that, but forget about that because we can, we can get over that. So Let's just talk about the paperboard. The box part itself is paperboard. It's polyethylene. It's aluminum. It's it's the epitome of multi-layer. This is not a monomaterial packet. So if it's multi-material, that means it's not recyclable, right? Actually wrong. Tetra Packs has the chasing arrows on their boxes, and they promote themselves as a sustainable packaging company. So what's the verdict? How do we think about this? They're going to say things like, well... Our Tetra Packs can be, uh, the, the paperboard part can be turned into other board products. The aluminum and polyethylene part could be turned into different products like park benches or different, there's different needs for, for those types of materials that can be turned into something else. So my question there is, well, first of all, how do you separate those materials? Are, are they really that easily separable? And second, do the consumers have access to a facility, even if that's possible, which I believe it is, do consumers, the average, if they're selling billions of these containers because they're a mega success, right? We're not going to hate on them because they're so successful. Are their consumers actually going to have access to a facility that could separate them or more likely is it not going to have a facility like that? They're going to see the chasing arrows. They throw it in the magic blue bin it gets to a MRF, a facility that cannot recycle that product, and it's going to the landfill. You think it's going somewhere that it's not. So this is a topic that I've learned as you talk to more of MRFs, it really does vary based on the infrastructure. So it's hard to say, right? Maybe in some areas this is happening, in others it probably isn't. And while I was doing some research for this episode, I found a great video on YouTube from Sustainability Illustrated recycling Tetra Pak cartons. And he was explaining that when you have one of these containers as a consumer, you should not flatten it because if you flatten the container, it can get mixed in with other paperboard packaging and boxes that are flat which go to a certain stream and there's these rollers. And I think maybe that's the secret sauce where they have a way to separate 
the traditional paperboard packaging from Tetra packs and then further separate the board from the aluminum and polyethylene. So I'm not an expert in this part, but I want to just point out, number one, the thinking behind it, because I think I do have expertise in that, the, the thought process of how to think about this stuff that can be valuable. The stuff I would talk to you about if I was sitting one by one. I hope you feel like I'm sitting with you one by one because I, I try to talk to you guys like that. But beyond that, and absolutely more importantly than just the thought process, is this idea that we need to tell consumers what to do with the packaging. We need to tell them, don't flatten this. I didn't know that. That should be on every Tetra pack. There should be video-enabled sustainable packaging. You guys know the concept. Put a QR code on the package, links to a short 30 to 60 second video talking about Number one, why the packaging is sustainable. And number two, how to dispose of it properly. If there's a powerful way to show that you care about the planet and you care about what happens to that package after you sell it, which I think is key to brand loyalty, that is a great way to do it. So guys, I'm going to leave you there. That's an overview of sustainable boards. We didn't get too much into corrugate. Maybe that's a final comment. You can make corrugate out of different things, right? As e-commerce accelerates and there's more corrugate being used, corrugate like cardboard that uh, an Amazon package comes in, that's traditionally tree paper. Could you make that out of hemp? Yeah, you actually can. And we investigated that and we even began piloting that, but the boxes were so darn expensive. We were already getting pushback on our hemp folding cartons at 75 to 80 cents each that, you know, we weren't going to be selling a three or $4 corrugated box. That to me actually is not necessarily marketable unless it's a super luxury brand, which is not going to generate many dollars. And there's another meaning to sustainability, which is to sustain your business and stay in business. So you got to do things that are sustainable as well and that will make you money, okay? So I hope this gives you that overview. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We're going to do one more of these where I talk about honorable mentions, some of these more oddball sustainable materials. Maybe that's a negative light. Some of these more outside the box. I already used that term. Some of these more creatively inspired sustainable materials made out of algae and soy-based things and things like that. I'm actually a big fan of soy-based things. But anyways, we'll do one more listing off some of those. But the four... The last uh, three episodes, actually the last three episodes in four categories, the plastics, the tin, the glass, and the, and the paperboard really is your bread and butter, your meat and potatoes, or for the vegan people out there, whatever the equivalent of that would be. Bread and butter, I think is a vegan product. I'm not totally sure. All right, guys, enjoy your day. Thank you for listening to the, to the Sustainable Packaging Show podcast, and I'll see you on the next one. So there you have it, sustainable board choices. I hope this clarifies the landscape for you. I hope you found this episode beneficial. And I hope you upgrade the sustainability of your boards in some way, whether it's going to a hemp or whether it's choosing FSC or recycled content. And in the next show, we're going to talk about what I call honorable mentions, some of those more outside-the-box material options, cork paper, algae, seaweed. We're going to talk about all kinds of crazy stuff. So stay tuned for that one. But you got the four core ones, really the four main ones. I'm going to review them one more time. You have your plastics, you have your tin, you have your glass, and you have your paperboard. Stick to those four. We're going to have some fun in the last episode. But now you have some great choices to choose from. I hope you feel empowered and you're ready to make the move to sustainable packaging once and for all. 
Thanks, as always, for listening to the show. If you found value, share it with a few friends. Help us spread the word. We're here to create a world where sustainable packaging is the norm, and we will do it with your help. Take care. Until next time, be very well.